You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 140 called Summer PD Reading and EdTech to Try Out. In this episode, we'll share our summertime list of podcasts, books, and ed tech that we plan on learning about during our newly found free time. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. checked out there when you said free time newly found free time like uh not checked out but i'm just like wondering what that is what free time i know like summertime always used to be free time but when you got kids at home it's not exactly free time i don't know if i've ever had free time you have always been a lot more busy than i've ever been even pre-kids you just fill up your time really nicely with like stuff i don't know what i do though at least in the summertime, it's like fun stuff, right? Yeah, we typically, you know, go camping, might hit the, up the beach a couple times, even though I'm not a beach guy, but with kids, you know, you have to do what they like to do. Right. And sometimes, you know, just watching what they like to do is, is all you need to have fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're doing more of that this summer, uh, and now we're starting to get into all the the baseball, like tournament teams and soccer teams and all that stuff. So you throw all that stuff in there. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have any other time. I'd like to, you know, get to Home Depot or something like that, do a couple house projects. But yeah, maybe I, I, you're right. I probably shouldn't have even used the word free time. It's more just like, you know, the one hour you get uh, in the evening post child bedtime to like sit and relax. Maybe now you can actually use that to explore some things you want to and we'll, we'll call that our in air quotes free time for the summer yeah i would agree with that i i'm i'm telling you even though it might only be an hour i'm excited because i have a stack of books and my podcast uh, catcher is getting filled with episodes i want to listen to and there's a couple of tech tools that we just we we've talked about and we kind of dabbled around with them but i really want to get immersed 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 i love that word you nailed it i just can't say it (laughs) do not cut this out no yeah but uh i'm gonna check out some of those uh ed tech tools that i really want to be a part of my daily practice and they'll probably find their way into my ed tech toolkit so i'm really happy and really excited to get into that but let's get into some of the updates for this episode isti is right around the corner we have our ed tech throwdown which is called the Personalized Learning Edition. We have that coming up Monday, June 26, 4 to 5 p.m. in location 119 AB. As we said before, we have no clue what that means, but we'll see you there, hopefully, if you're going to be at ISTE. We'd love to hang out and chat, you know, in and out of our session, so get a hold of us. We are adding to the AITeacher.com tips webpage and that's where we're throwing all of our uh, ai tools that we are reviewing uh, any tips that we may have on how we can incorporate ai into education safely responsibly and to get a little bit better you know enhancement out of our lesson plans and uh, i just released our annual podcast blog where we reviewed some of the podcasts uh, that we've been checking out over the past uh, year. Now, we also leave some of the ones that we have reviewed prior to that in the podcast blog, but I think uh, in total over the two or three times that we've done this, there are uh, over 50 podcasts that I check out on a regular basis. So go over there, check out some of the ones that I recommend. I rate, I give you one episode to kind of recommend to you to get started with the podcast and if you like it i would definitely pick and choose which episodes that you want to what you want to listen to not all of them are going to be right up your alley but i feel like this is a good start and some of the best professional development i get are from the podcasts i listen to yeah so those are all uh great suggestions and some excellent updates i'll also add that this is the last episode uh for us to 
sort of feature or uh, amp up our ISTE presentation because I believe this will come out on June 19th, which means if you're listening to it on release date, you've got one week until the ISTE conference because it's going to be uh, next Monday in real time. And if you're listening to this after June, uh, boy, what is it? June 26th, 2023, you missed it. But don't worry, because in a few years, we'll be back. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. And with that, I think we should probably start uh, segment two, the main sort of beef of the episode. And this is our typical summertime episode. We always do this at the start of the summer season. If you haven't picked up on it yet, the idea is to kind of share the things that we will use our air quotes free time for over the summer, such as, let's say, Geis is out mowing the lawn. He's probably gonna pop in some headphones and listen to one of these podcasts. Uh, let's say my daughter's down for nap and I don't have any uh, other pressing work to do in the house. Maybe I'll sit down and read one of these books that we're about to share. And maybe as the school year gets a little bit closer, you start hitting those, uh, you know, the late weeks in August, you want to start checking out some ed tech that you might want to use. And we've each got some of those as well. So our typical format here is we each pick three things in each category. So three pods a piece, three books a piece, and three ed tech items a piece. And we'll just kind of rattle those off for you guys and talk about them. Hopefully one of them or two of them or three of them jumps out to you and you can incorporate those into your summer reading or listening or exploration as well. So that's the gist of it. And I'm gonna let you start. First, um, I just wanna talk one more time about the podcast blog that you just mentioned. This is, well, this is one of the bigger things that Geis shares out every year. Uh, and it's worth checking out because it is, I believe, like one of the official lists of educational podcasts. Um, you can find it in our show notes. There's a link to it there. You can go to our website where you'll see it posted. You can also head to Geis's and my Twitter page at Geis Got Teched or at Nick Got Teched because I know he shared it out and I'm going to be retweeting that as well. But really awesome, and all the ones we're going to talk about uh, in this episode, I believe, you can find on that blog post. So it's a good one. Yeah, so you're exactly right. All the ones we, we featured six for this episode, and all six of these can be found in the blog uh, post. So make sure you check it out. Uh, I'll go over my three. I'm going to kind of be relatively brief on all three of them. Uh, so my first one is called The Powered Up. Uh, podcast so the ed empowered is capitalized but go check this one out you can click on the uh, link in the show notes and that will take you to uh, ken and matt's uh, apple podcast page so th this is with hosts ken Earlman and matt rogers and uh, i got to meet ken out at the teach better conference uh, we we talked a lot out there he's a really laid-back chill dude I, I, one thing I really like about him is he's a good conversationalist. Uh, he knows how to ask questions during his podcast that really brings out the best in his guests. Uh, this is very evident in all of his podcasts. Uh, so he typically has a guest on, and Matt, I believe, is sometimes with him. I don't think he's on every episode, but I think he's on some of the episodes. And what they do is they basically try to find a hot topic in education, find somebody in education that is a pro at that or doing something extremely well within that niche of education. And they try to bring out the best in them. And, and they try to allow them to share their story, their practice, their successes, and, and how other people can kind of build off of their work, which I think is awesome. Podcasting, teaching, it's all about sharing ideas, sharing what you know, or the experiences that you have for so other people can make themselves better and relate to it. So the Powered Up Podcast, strongly recommend that one. Yep, that sounds really, really cool. Um, I know those those two guys, Ken and Matt, are some of my favorites to listen to as well. So um, I didn't put that on my list of three, obviously, but it definitely deserves to be there. 
Do you want to go back and forth on this? I think we should go back and forth. All right, yeah. So I'll yeah, your first one. That's a good idea. I'll give you um, my first one. And if I'm going to listen to podcasts this summer, this is probably where I'm going to start. It's called Control the Chaos. This is with Stephanie Howell and Tara Ruckman, uh, who you've likely heard of before because, um, you know, we've had Stephanie on our show and Geis has been on their show. So there's lots of crossover there. Um, you've even presented with Stephanie, I believe, in the past. So um, they're, they're part of our community for sure. And if you didn't know, they've got their own podcast, Control the Chaos. It's really great. I think the best way to sort of explain these other podcasts that we're mentioning is to just give you some of the recent episode titles. I know if I'm going to listen to something and how most people choose a podcast is going through the titles. So here's some of the more recent ones uh, from, uh, from these two. They've got tips for effective facilitation, one of the hardest things to do as a teacher. Uh, living without resources, these are ways to support people living in poverty, an ever-growing uh, problem in the United States. Very important, we've never done an episode like that, probably should. Uh, you know, outdoor classroom, super interesting. We've got an episode on the outdoor classroom as well. Maybe I wanna hear uh, their take on it. End of year projects. The long-term view of giving feedback. You get the idea here, everybody. Really creative, interesting stuff. And what I like about uh, this show in particular is that it's all very specific. Uh, when I read those titles, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And I know that with uh, Stephanie and Tara, it's going to be really high-quality stuff. So that's my first one, Control the Chaos. Yeah, Control the Chaos is, is an awesome one. I know that they started it recently, and we'll kind of get into their... Uh, book which is called control the chaos i believe a little later i'm not sure if you put it on your list or not um but if not control the chaos is also a book and basically they just give you a whole bunch of different tips and tricks to help you in your classroom and both the podcast and the book is they're they're amazing and Tara and Stephanie do a great job at banter through their podcast and, and really getting and shining light on the points in education that don't come easy to educators. We struggle as educators to do things like ask questions, provide quality feedback, those types of things. So make sure you check out Control the Chaos. I'm going to get into my next one. It's called Unlocking Unlimited Potential with, with uh, Dr. Brandon Beck. And um, this one... I really like because he has guests on every week. I don't know how podcasters have the time to organize a guest every single week, but you know, Brandon does this with uh, with ease. His guests are always so interesting uh, to listen to, and basically, these are just success stories. And along any success story are challenging times, and and how you get through those challenging periods and and what you had to overcome in order to make something happen in a positive way. And I know I just got done listening to an episode of Unlocking Unlimited Potential, and I'm trying to, I'm, I've listened to a lot of episodes lately for this blog uh, post, because I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I have put listening to podcasts and books and everything on the back burner. But um, the one that I listened to had to do with uh, immigrants coming to education and how to basically make sure that we make them feel important and how we could get the best out of them. I'm bringing up the blog post right now because that's the one that I, I uh, showcased on the blog post because I want to make sure I give credit to uh, the guest because she was fantastic uh, in this episode. So the title is called Empowering Immigrant Stories and it was with Emily Francis and I'm telling you if you want to listen to somebody that's super inspiring listen to uh, Emily Francis because uh, she's going to share her experience as an immigrant and all the challenges she had to overcome uh, to break the cycle and find success. I just thought this was an amazing episode because not only did she share her personal stories, but then she shared how her personal experiences allow her to connect with, with people from other cultures that come to her school 
that might not even speak the same language. I, I think in the episode she used uh, someone from Yemen coming in and, uh, you know, just how she connected with that student, I thought it was very powerful. Yeah, the, the guests on, on podcasts are, are great and, you know, we dabble in a little of that from time to time, but it is so tough to schedule with these people. So, you know, props to anyone who can do it. Uh, and conveniently, that's, you know, my next podcast share is the same thing. It's called The, the Big um, Ed Idea, and the host of that is Ryan Scott. Um, each of these episodes, you'll find, again, a, a guest who's going to share their, you know, their story or their point of view or their take on an issue. And it's, it's just always the most interesting stuff. Um, you know, I've actually listened to a couple of these recently as well. One of my favorite ones is... Uh, from May 6th, the guest was Ginger Healy. Um, the title of that episode is We Gotta Regulate to Educate, and you can, you can check it out if you wanna see what it's all about, but I, find, I found that particularly interesting. This is a, you know, um, Ginger is a, a school therapist, right? So she sort of has a different take on students and how to help them learn. And then another one of my favorite ones is from all the way back in April, the, the guest was CJ Reynolds. It's called Teachers of the Pros, Treat Them Like It. And this one spoke to me at the time because, you know, we, we deal with a lot of people uh, giving us lots of opinions as teachers about, you know, how we should be teaching and how we shouldn't be teaching and what their kid needs and doesn't need. And all of that stuff is valuable for sure. Um, but sometimes it's a lot and, and they kind of address that. Uh, in this episode as well. So it's a great one if you want to hear a bunch of different people share their thoughts. And uh, I think you'll find some inspiration along the way too. So that's the Big Ed Idea podcast with Ryan Scott. Yeah, so that one, that particular episode, I know I listened to. And, and CJ is actually a local guy to us. He's, right. he's from Philadelphia and he taught in um, Philadelphia for a while. And uh, he will also be on... Uh, this episode later as an author to a book so I'll just drop that plug in there real quick we'll get into my last one it's called leaning into Lit leadership and this is with dr. Darren Peppard um, I, I got to meet him at a conference as well uh, dr. Darren Peppard is a podcast host speaker administrator and author of the book it wrote to awesome uh, I had the privilege of speaking with him at a social event after a conference, and this guy is as, as personable as they come. Right, we were just having a regular conversation, and before long, he's asking certain questions that basically he's trying to pull out what I do in education. And you know, I like talking about myself as about as much as a uh, I like dieting. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's. It's not what I like to do, but uh, he did it. He was asking questions in a way that I felt comfortable about it. So he has just uh, the skill of talking to people, and it, it was really cool to catch up and uh, get to know Darren a little better. And the episode that I recommended was episode 44, and he's had he's he's kind of taking on podcasting bull in a china shop. I feel like every two seconds he's releasing a new episode. And I don't mean this in a bad way, because his, his content is super quality, and, and I enjoy listening to this. I just find myself three or four episodes behind every time I go listen to an episode. He already has another one out. So I'll, I'll catch up on leading, leaning into leadership over the summer. Episode 44 was called Leading Behind the Scenes, and this topic interests me a lot. I think some of the best leaders are the, are the ones that you know, observe. And his guest, Dr. Amy Matthews Perez, talks about so many things that she does as a leader. And these things are things that you would think as logical, but a lot of people don't do. And I really enjoyed her story about her education and her, the one thing that she recognizes is honesty is a very valuable trait for an administrator. And and all educators, allowing them to connect with their students through honesty. There's a lot of pressure being put on administrators to make sure that they check all the boxes and all the PD from the state gets pushed down and all that stuff. So you have to find creative ways to get around that. 
but being honest about it and upfront saying, hey, this is what we need to do. This is a state requirement. Just being honest there and being, you know, upfront about, hey, I kind of recognize that this is just busy work. You know, some of it's valuable, some of it is just that busy work, but we got to get through it together. All right, but taking that same spin and relating that to students, hey, I don't really know the answer to this, but let's figure it out together. You do not need to be a master of all content knowledge. It's just every student's going to come to class with a different niche or a different interest, and they might be a pro at that particular part of that content. And it is okay not to know all the answers. Just be honest with your students, be vulnerable. And this might be able to help you bring in and build stronger ties with your students by saying, I don't know the answer to this, but like you, I'm interested. Let's go work it out. And that's like one of the big takeaways that I took. Another one was uh, she did an amazing job at differentiating between leadership and management. And I think a lot of times people think that's the same thing, and it's it's totally different. Strongly rep- recommend episode 44 with Dr. Amy Matthews Perez, and I strongly recommend leaning into leadership with Dr. Darren Pepper. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And um, you know, I'll jump straight into my last podcast, which will be short because it's one I actually haven't listened to. And I tried to do that on purpose with my three. So I, I had Control the Chaos first, which... I know of, but haven't listened to a lot. I've got the Big Ed idea, which I have listened to, and this is one that's totally new to me. It's called the Counter Narrative Podcast with Charles Williams. Um, you know what it is is summarized nicely in the title. It's just, you know, Charles. It seems like uh, he wants to give a different take on issues, sort of change it. That's actually, you know, part of the podcast title: changing the way we talk and think about education. And I love that kind of stuff because you gotta, you have to do this constantly and you have to force yourself to do it because just like in anything, any field, it's, it's, it's easy to like stagnate and just start doing the same thing and this is what I do and, and this podcast seems to sort of challenge that. One, I think the episode I'm going to start with here is called episode 154. He does these episodes called Pause to Ponder. It seems like a sort of like a recurring thing where you just stop and think about something. And the title of this Pause to Ponder episode is called The Hedonic Treadmill, which I've actually learned about before in a totally different unrelated podcast. But this is how the, um, you know, how the, this uh, concept known as the hedonic treadmill applies to education, which you might not think it would, but it does a lot. And that's one that I will begin with. Um, if you don't mind, I'll also wrap up the podcast segment here by doing my first book is that cool with you? yeah go for it all right so uh those are our six pods here's our, our six books and i'm going to do my first one it's called uh why don't students like school and this made it on my list because it's a question i've been wondering a lot recently um just listening to students these days especially in like our first sort of uh, air quotes normal year since covid um, just a lot of, lot of weird reactions to school. I've got students who perform very highly in class, but act as though they don't um, use the word failing for getting like a 92. And there's just a lot of weird feelings about school. And I, th- I think a lot of it comes from COVID and trying to get kids back into like a normal thing. But I want to explore that. I want to know about, you know, these attitudes towards school, why students don't like it. Because I know from the teacher side, almost everything I see is teachers trying really hard and coming up with, you know, fun stuff and giving students choice and power and, you know, how all that stuff plays a role. I want to get better at that. So um, all I know is that the author of this book, um, Daniel Willingham, he's a, he's a scientist, a cognitive scientist. So that's going to be a unique approach to really talk about kids' brains and how they learn and how they learn best. And that stuff is super interesting to me. Some of this even comes down to like, you know, linguistics. Like what is the best uh, font to use to make reading the easiest? So all these weird little details that you might not even think about when it comes to teaching that are separate from, you know, the actual act of teaching, but the way you design stuff 
Uh, I love that sort of thing. So I'm going to be reading Why Don't Students Like School by Daniel Willingham. I could tell you the one thing that I can relate to with what you just said is the font. Right. Because I remember in fourth or fifth grade getting a welcome letter from my teacher, and it was like in this calligraphy type font. Right. And I started reading it, and I got frustrated because I don't do well with distractive things. Yeah. All right? That's just the way I'm wired. I don't do well with distractive fonts and things like that. So I get frustrated, and I just put it aside. And and uh, I just remember my dad saying, there's no way that you read that that fast. And I said, I'll just figure it out as we go. I remember having this conversation. I just got, I get antsy. When I get towards an end of the book, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but when I get, when I have like six pages left, I get really antsy until I finish. I don't know why, it just happens. And I, I know I f remember feeling that way reading a calligraphy font letter from a teacher. Well, well, sorry to jump in, but like that's a thing, man. It's not just you, even like the font Times New Roman, which is like the classic font. Even just the like the picture of the letter T and that the horizontal line across the top. In Times New Roman, it's got those little like sidebars, those caps on the end. All of that stuff is extra information that your brain has to process, and that can tire out your brain. So uh, the, the gist of it is the simpler font is the better. So you, you are not alone. That is a documented phenomenon. All right. So that is definitely interesting. So maybe if I get through my three books this, this summer... I might hop into that one. There you go. And as I said earlier, I am guilty. I've had all three of the books that I'm going to talk about for almost a year now. <laughs> I'd say last September, the whole school year, I've had these books, uh, I want to say, um, at least close to then. I think I might have got one at a conference or, or something like that. But uh, you talked about C.J. Reynolds earlier, so I'm going to get this one uh um, out first. This is called Teacher Class Off by C.J. Reynolds. And C.J. Reynolds, as I said, is a, he was a teacher in, in Philadelphia, and he's an out-of-the-box thinker. He's definitely not, if you ask him, he would tell you that he probably didn't grow up as a traditional student. He was always one that kind of did things a little differently. And that resonates with me. So I'm really interested to read this book. Uh, basically, if you go and you take a look at the book, and I, I link the Amazon um, link here, it just says that, you know, as teachers, we have a lot of constraints. We have a lot of challenges that we have to overcome, whether it's budget shortages or testing standards or, you know, diminishing autonomy in the classroom. All these things can lead to teacher burnout, and we need to find something within our profession that's going to help us re-spark, reignite our our passion for education and that's what his book is all about it's it's about uh, reigniting our fire all right getting re-energized and getting back out there and doing the best for our kids uh, I can't go too much further than that because you know I haven't gotten into the book yet but this is one that I'm very interested in and that's what summer's all about right is sort of getting revamped for the coming school year so that's a, a cool selection my next one is called The Hidden Lives of Learners by Graham uh, Nuthall, or Nuthall, sorry, Graham, not sure how to say your last name. But this one sounds cool. The title jumped out to me right off the top. The Hidden Lives of Learners is a, is a unique take. The gist of this book is that it says, uh, the students we teach, the, these learners have three worlds, and it kind of analyzes a student from each perspective. So uh, one of those worlds is the, the public world, and that's what the teacher sees. Another of the students' worlds is their peers and that landscape that they exist in. And then the third world is uh, their own private world, their own set of experiences and how an effective teacher sort of considers all three of those worlds when designing stuff. And, you know, one of the ideas of this book, which is going to appeal to Geis and I right off the top, is that uh, Graham is going to talk about how um, you have to give students different experiences to address all of those different worlds. So it's not just your traditional test. You know, he says you got to do uh, all sorts of different recordings to understand their learning, like audio and video and just observing them and talking to them and pre-tests and post-tests and feedback. And it's just like, 
you know, to me, this kind of jumped out as like, oh yeah, the, he's just talking about all the stuff we talk about, like varying your uh, assessment methods and varying your instruction methods and giving the students different types of projects. And it's just sort of all put into this perspective that I found unique and interesting. And that, of course, is the perspective of these three different worlds that a student has. So that one is a, is a, a unique take, and I, I'm excited to check that out. The Hidden Lives of Learners. So it should be a good one. Yeah, that's a that's another solid one. I, you know, well, you can pass that on to me when you're done with it. Will do. Uh, so I don't really have any, you know, aspirations of being a administrator. I just think that there's too much on their plate. But just because I don't want to be an administrator, there's also, you know, the side position of being a leader. And I think all teachers are leaders in some way, shape, or form, but there are also ways that you could be higher up in leadership while still maintaining that teacher role if you don't want to be an administrator. So going back to the podcast, Road to Awesome, I, I mentioned earlier there's a book. So this is another one that I'm going to read. It's called Road to Awesome, Empower, Lead, Change the Game. Now, this might be a cop-out, but all three of my books happen to be also podcasts. But I do this a lot because sometimes it helps me understand the podcast a little better if I know how they got there. And usually the book is a great way to start if they have one. If not, I take a look at their website and see if I could figure out a little bit more about them because the more uh, relations, like more things that we have in common, the more things that are relatable to me, the more interested I am in the book. I try to reflect on the little intricacies of everything uh, within that book. So The Road to Awesome really goes over how to empower leaders, how to you know, pick up new things, new leadership traits, qualities, uh, just little tips of becoming a leader. And really any of that is gold. If you could pick one thing out of a book that's going to help you change who you are to be a better leader, a better role model, or a better teacher, then it's worth it. So uh, this would be my next one. I'm going to go ahead and do my last one also because um, I kind of let the cat out of the bag that all three of mine are after podcasts. So the next one is Unlocking uh, Unlimited Potential. This is uh, Dr. Brandon Beck's book. And basically, he believes that all educators have infinite power. And once that power is harnessed, it can be contagious amongst everyone that we serve. And really, that is the reason that one word there at the end is the reason why I bought this book and I started listening to the podcast. The word serve. I, I think oftentimes educators... Um, really forget that we're here to serve our community, to serve our teachers. And uh, I think service is a big sacrifice for teachers. We might not make the top dollar, but we're here to make you know the world a better place by instilling quality education into our students. So that is one that really... Uh, you know, resonated with me. Uh, this book is divided into three parts, building a foundation, challenges as opportunities for growth, and just being able to believe in yourself. So I'm very interested, especially about the second part of the book, challenges as opportunity for growth, because that's something that interests me and that's something I try to do through, ref through reflection. All right. Great, great choices there, man. And I'll, I'll wrap up the book segment with uh, my favorite one. This is uh, what I'm going to start off with, um, I'm pretty sure at least, because it sounds the most interesting to me. If you want to be frustrated, if you want to hear someone talk about the probably never-ending pendulum of educational belief that swings back and forth, you're going to want to read this book. It's called The Seven Myths About Education. It's by... Uh, Daisy Krista Delu, again, sorry for the last name pronunciation, but seven myths about education. Here's the deal, man. This book is all about seven things that all teachers 
today, at the beginning of the 21st century, that all teachers think because we've been taught these things and told these things over the past probably 10 to 20 years. And this author uh, calls them myths and says, no, these things are not true. And this is a controversial book because a lot of these things we've all sort of come to accept as like, uh, yeah, we should be doing this as teachers. And, and you know, she's going to argue, no, maybe not in all cases. I don't want to read all seven of these myths, but I'll just hit a couple of them. Uh, one of the myths that's going to be addressed here is that the 21st century fundamentally changes everything. Uh, that somehow students existing in the 21st century um, completely has to revamp how we teach students. And she argues that no, that is not necessarily the case. Uh, that you know some things are inherent in teaching and that the 21st century skills that have been pounded into a lot of teachers maybe have some detriments too, and that's worth considering. Uh, connected to that, another one of these myths is the idea that you can always just look it up. Something that I hear a lot these days, you know, and that's even re uh, sort of amped up now with AI. Um, but this idea in teaching that students can just look things up. So why do I have to teach X anymore? Um, she's gonna argue that this belief has led to teachers not teaching certain things that might be important and that we're losing some skills uh, because we are, are skipping those things that can just be, air quotes, looked up. So if, that, if, if some of those kind of, you know, bristled your feathers a little bit, then this is something you're going to want to check out, even if you disagree with these. And I can tell right off the top that I probably will disagree with some of these. Um, I think that's good. I think those are the books that are most exciting to check out. So. For that reason, this is my number one. And that also wraps up our book segment. Maybe we'll just keep the flow going here and I will begin our final collection. And this is always my favorite. Of course, we're talking ed tech. So just like the rest, we've each pulled in three ed tech things. My first one is, I don't know if this is an ed tech tool necessarily. It's more like exploring some stuff that an old ed tech tool can do now. And I'm talking about Photoshop. Um, because I don't know how to use it. I don't still don't really care to learn Photoshop mostly because Canva is allowing me to do really all of the imaging image editing that I need to do because I'm not a professional graphic designer and I don't need Photoshop. However, um, Photoshop has incorporated some AI recently that is so monumentally incredible to me and what it can do that I really want to check it out. Um, so if you head to our show notes, you'll actually find a link to a Twitter post by somebody else. And that's where I'm getting this from. Um, I've not heard of this guy before, but Nathan Lands is his name. You can find him at Nathan Lands. He has a post from a few weeks ago. This is from May 28th. Um, all about this new Photoshop AI. So this, it's actually a whole thread of posts. Uh, that Nathan put up called 13 Game-Changing Examples That Will Blow Your Mind. And truly, these things will blow your mind. I'm not going to go through all 13. I'll just give you one of them. Uh, in Photoshop and their new AI incorporation, you can pull in a photograph, let's say, and the Photoshop AI will automatically expand that photograph and like make up the uh, uh, increased... I don't know if I should say diameter or border around that. So I'll give you an example, a picture of uh, a cat in the grass. You can put a picture of a cat laying in this grass and shrink it really super teeny tiny. And then surrounding that as big as you want, the AI will make up the rest of that scene surrounding this cat. So like, you know, if you could imagine expanding your view outwards and see what else is in that grass? Are there some plants? Are there some bushes? It's gonna fill in all of that stuff. And it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, here's another one just sort of connected to that. You can take two completely separate pictures that have nothing to do with one another, put them together in the same frame, and the AI will automatically join them and put them together in the same picture in a way that makes complete sense. And there's just, you know, 11 more things that are exactly like that. And, you know, besides the fact that this is amazing, 
it's just uh, it's really cool and it's cool how good they are so if you're not a Photoshop user it's it's at least worth knowing that this stuff is out there so check out that Twitter post from Nathan Lands super cool yeah I did not see that in the show notes prior to this but mine is super similar to that mine is Adobe Firefly right and I feel like these two go hand in hand um, you know they're probably using the same AI for both of these programs. So I might compare and contrast Adobe Firefly to uh, the AI in Photoshop. Uh, what you described to me is, is pretty awesome. I could picture having that cat there and then putting mountains in the background right? or something like that. Uh, I think you could do similar stuff with Adobe Firefly. I was on the list to be allowed into beta. I just got in like a week or so ago. I played around with it for five minutes and then I ran out of time. So this Adobe Firefly, it's all about image editing through AI. And I'm gonna give that a shot as well. So I kind of just piggybacked off yours, but I'm interested in both. Uh, I'll go into my next one, uh, which is another AI tool. Actually, all three of mine are AI tools. And really what I wanna do is focus on using AI for productivity. Uh, so this next one is called Diffit, and you know Diffit is pretty awesome in its own right. I know it's at the beginning of stage, uh, you know, I'd say it's in beta, but it's at the beginning stages of the product. But I know that they're going to be doing some awesome things because we've talked to them. And uh, right now, Diffit, what it does is it allows you to import text or PDF or or a URL into their dashboard and then what it's going to do is it's going to give you a couple of different resources based on whatever you whatever input you put in so the resources could be a summary and that summary could be a grade level summary so if you took a text off a of CNN and you asked them to put it in a sixth grade summary reading level it could do that it does an abstract and then it does a summary which is just a set of bullet points or main takeaways it can also uh, generate questions whether they're multiple choice questions or prompt questions or expanded expandatory questions they could also generate note cards and I know this is just the tip of the iceberg for this product I I have very high hopes for this product and I have a lot of confidence that it will get there uh, so this is one that I want you to check out. It's called Diffit uh, on our YouTube channel. I just made a video explaining what it is, how to use it. It's, uh, I think it's like a four minute video. I linked that to the show notes. So please go check out Diffit. This will save you a lot of time just for some formative assessment. And I know teachers, we love formative assessment that doesn't take us a whole lot of time to make. And I'm telling you, you can go in, edit the questions, edit the answers. You have some flexibility there. Uh, so make sure that you check out Diffit. All right. Uh, love Diffit. And I really love my next uh, EdTech resource. This is a website called allsides.com. I believe we've featured it before, but I'm bringing it back because if you ever do any sort of lesson that involves the news or current events, or just how to navigate the very confusing online world that we have today. Um, man, allsides.com is just such an amazing resource. They, allsides.com says that unbiased news coverage doesn't exist and that they are there to help you navigate all of this stuff. And there's, there's actually a lot of websites that do this. Here's what I think separates allsides.com. They'll take one news story, uh, like one I'm looking at right now, uh, is that the FBI, it's about FBI oversight committee that is alleging um, some bribery scheme, alleged uh, a, a President Joe Biden bribery scheme. So that's, that's not a headline, that's their summary. Beneath that summary, it has three different articles about this same story, uh, one that's from the left, one that's from the right, and one that's from the center, and it literally puts them side by side. Just that alone is so instructive on you know, how deceiving news can be. So here's the title of the one uh, that is a, a left-leaning source. Unproven Biden bribe allegation 
has not been disproven, James Comer claims after FBI brief. So that's the spin from, you know, the the left side of the aisle because they're saying like, hey, everybody, this is not proven. Biden's great because he's a Democrat. Uh, from the right hand side, same news story. Uh, we've got a uh, headline that says oversight chair Comer to hold FBI director right in contempt of Congress over Biden doc alleging crime scheme. You know, so they're using the words crime scheme. They're sort of trying to come in a little bit harder about this whole thing. And at the very end, they've got an article that is from the, the more centrist viewpoint, which just says House oversight leaders clash after viewing FBI doc on Biden allegations. So not really trying to spin it one way or the other. And I just love how they do that. And each article they have put up, they've got like a five point rating scale. It's either super far left, a little bit left, center, a little bit right or super far to the right. And I, I love that because I don't, I don't like spins on news stories. I just sort of want to know what's going on. Or if I am looking at an article that has a spin to it, I at least want to know what I'm looking at. And allsides.com breaks all that down for me. So this is a really, really awesome website to check out. Yeah, I, I wish I had that one when I taught bioethics because I feel like a lot of the environmental issues that we covered in bioethics, I bet, is going to be on that site. Yeah, that, for sure. That, that's just an amazing one. It will help with the pros and cons research for the kids before they start their debates. But allsides.com, check it out. My last one I did mention on this show before, but I've done a couple of things with it, and I really want to get this ingrained into my everyday activity. And this is called TextBlaze. TextBlaze is an AI tool and it allows me to make shortcuts that's going to bring in basically templates that I might have made in Google Docs or whatever. Uh, so for this show, we do episode show notes every time, and if you look at our episode show notes, they're formatted the same way. So what I did in TextBlaze is I made a uh, format, like formatted a template on our show notes, and then all I have to do is select whatever shortcut I want. I think I did backslash podcasts or back, bash, backslash template. And when I have TextBlaze turned on, no matter where I am, anywhere where there's a blank where I could add text, it's gonna automatically bring in that template and put it there for us to work on. So every time I go into Google Docs, instead of having to copy and rename the copy and all that stuff, I just hit backslash uh, show notes and our template comes up. Now I, I've also used this uh, because I'm a coach. Okay, I, I coach a lot of sports teams and when I have to send out emails to everybody uh, and I want them to be individualized, I like to have a template there. And now I could just do that by hitting backslash and whatever it is. Uh, you know, maybe it's my tryouts who got who made a, a particular team, I could just type in their email and, and send it out. Now, I know some of this stuff, we can just blind copy everybody and you can send out a mass email, but sometimes, you know, these events are spaced out. If I'm trying to give a praise referral to a kid that, you know, had an awesome game and I noticed that one of their parents weren't, weren't at the game, maybe I have a praise referral there that it's just a, you know the starting of the email and then I add some specifics to personalize it. So I really think I can come up with probably about 100 different usages of TextBlaze that's gonna save me in a massive amount of time. You, could even sit, you can even share these things within a team. So we were playing around with this and you know the, these shortcuts or these templates that you put in uh, can be shared with me. So I might want to sit down with all the chemistry teachers and come up with some text blaze shortcuts for really long words that we get tired of writing over and over again, like, I don't know, chemical equilibrium. It's a pain to type. We can all get used to the same shortcut. It could be a big time saver. I love text blaze. Yeah, I mean, there's so many usages to this product, and it's just amazing. Uh, especially for us as tech coaches, we're all always getting these uh, questions and a lot of them overlap. And we have a FAQ page, but 
no one seems to find it. So right. what we end up doing is sending them the resource. So if we had a code for like our FAQs, if we knew that someone asked, how do we set up categories in our gradebook? If we do backslash gradebook and all of a sudden there's an email saying, hey, I think that you'll find this resource helpful. Here's a video and a how-to guide to uh, set up categories in your gradebook. And all we have to do is hit backslash gradebook, boom, send it out, done. Or even just a, you know, most of my tech help emails, I end with something like, if you need further help, please submit a help desk ticket to the IT department by doing blah, 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 blah. You can also call this number. You can also blah, blah, blah. I get really sick of typing that. So in TextBlaze, set up a little code you type out. And at the end of every email that is personalized, I can just use the code and it pops in my traditional ending that I am so annoyed at re-explaining over and over again. Here's another one. You send out a weekly bulletin or a weekly newsletter to your class. Typically the, the newsletters or the bulletins are the same format. You might have to change a thing here or there. Backslash bulletin. You get your template. After that, you can change your, your icons and stuff like that, however you want. I mean, that's just such a time saver. Even if it's just for the formatting purposes only, that's a time saver. Yeah, so that, that is an amazing tool. And we do have one more. I'll just basically say the name of it because it's pretty simple. I don't know why I'm on a timeline kick lately. I've talked about um, another timeline generator recently. Uh, and here's a new one that I just came across. So basically over the summer, I wanna see which of these I like best. This new one is called Time Toast. Um, it's a timeline creator, enough said. You can check it out if you want to. The link is in the show notes or just Google Time Toast. But it looks great and it does exactly what it sounds like. which wraps up this episode. Um, we'll close it the same way we always do. Please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or Google or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You've got a YouTube channel uh, that you can find by heading to YouTube and searching uh, Got Teched the Podcast. We've all got Twitter handles, Nick Got Teched, Geis Got Teched, or We Got Teched. Please write us a review. Please check out gottech.com. And please check out the Teach Better podcast network that we are very excited to be a part of. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.